Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Welcome to Game Master's Studio. We'll be talking about tips and tricks for tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons and others, and hints that you can use to help kind of bring your game at home up to the next level. Today we're going to be talking about NPCs, the non-player characters in the game, and how you can help make them a little bit more memorable to your players. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me in the studio today we have Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Ah, crap! Are we starting already? Alright, so, while Ed is making his way back to the studio, uh, we're going to be discussing NPCs today, like I said, non-player characters, everybody but the people who are sitting across the table from you. These are all the characters that you're going to be playing as the GM. This is not exclusively about villains. We will be talking about villain and antagonistic characters in their own episode a little further down the road. Today we're just talking about, in general, the people in the world around the players, how they make it up, and what you can do to make it a little more interesting than, say, interacting with somebody in a video game who says the same line over and over again. So I am Job. Yay. I am Job. Welcome to Corneria. The princess has been kidnapped. My name is Amigo Montoya. You kill my father, prepare to die. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, but that's a good line. <laughs> yeah. But he says it a lot. So for, for memorable NPCs, I think right there we, we hit one of the first key points is you need to make them people. If they're just spouting the same thing over and over again, that's not realistic. You should have people. You should have. You don't need to know the details of every every single person they interact with, but they should have some depth to their personality. Yeah, you know, have an idea of what you want the NPC to do. You know, if if your players are approaching an NPC, you know, like a guard, just for directions in town, you know, you have to make that decision of do I just have this be a blah guard who gives them the directions they're looking for, or is this guy, like, going to start some stuff? You know, is this guy going to go on a long-winded tirade, you know? You can you can just start there. Yeah, I would say, wouldn't say do that every time they enter a town, but uh, who knows? The guard could be the interesting NPC of the area. Have, well, him, have him give this, the characters his background, even though they didn't want it at first. Or you could have the guard just be an interesting but not necessarily recurring character at all, just playing him up as, you know, the kind of that stereotypical cop. Like, they, they start to approach him like, whoa, hey, whoa, what, do you, what do you need? What do you want? Yeah. You know, kind of start imparting a little sense of the environment of the town. This is what's going on. Okay, the, the guardsmen are a little on edge. There's probably some stuff happening. You can start to set a mood just with something as simple as, hey, where's the inn? And where that leads you. Yeah, well, I mean, how the guard, uh, you know, initially uh, conveys himself is going to say a lot about the town. I mean, if you have a chump little tiny town where they're taking whatever, you know, like beggars can't be choosers, then you might have an idiot guard, yeah. you know. But if you have, like, if it's a big city and it's very formal and, like, military is, like, a, like one of their primary, you know, you know like, uh, uh, one of the most important things that, you know, in town, you know, they're a military city, 
then they're not going to have the idiot guard. They're going to have like very formal, very, you know, structured, you know, like, hey, halt, who goes there? Where's your ID? Right. You know, where do you come from? I have 13 more questions before you're allowed to enter. Right. <laughs> but that instantly conveys, you know, the, the feel of the town and gives you a sense of the NPC. And if that NPC has 13 more questions that they have to answer before they allowed to enter as a dm you should have those 13 questions ready right and you should practice them i think because that way you've got you're saying them with the same repeated you know i've asked these questions of the last 200 people mm-hmm. and i'm going to ask it to the next 500 people in line behind you yeah. you know so it's just over and over and over yeah. and convey that to help get that sense yeah mm-hmm. and you can even do it bored you know yeah the guard looks at you and says all right how tall are you what's yeah. your name where are you from What's your mother's first, you know, what's your mother's maiden name? How long will you be staying in town? What's the purpose of your visit? Yeah, what's your what is your color? name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color? What's the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Yeah. And no more Monty Python references. We're done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it will destroy the show if you let it. Quit it or I'll taunt you a second time. All right. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and... Coming right off our, our talk about improv versus prep, you can prepare these NPCs. You can also make it up on the fly. Right. Just make it a little bit different so that they don't feel like they're interacting with a wall. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can easily improv every single unique NPC that the players come across by just having the simple prep of like a sheet of like interesting one things. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Chris Perkins. I don't know if you heard him or not, but he's actually a DM. He works for Wizards of the Coast. He's very pretty popular in the DM scene. You can go on YouTube and find him in about thirteen thousand videos. But one of his tips for memorable NPCs is one thing. Make yeah. sure that every NPC has one thing, something that makes them stand out. It doesn't have to be, it can be physical, it can be audible, it can be just one thing. Like maybe they have a weird accent, maybe they have a scar across their face, maybe they have like weird blue and red hair, but just one thing, physical, right. audible, you know, maybe they smell a certain way, like, oh, this guy smells like fish and chips. That's really weird, you know, but every time I meet him, he always smells the same way, but yeah. something unique and interesting about them. And every single time you meet that NPC, that one thing stands out every single time time yeah something the players can latch on to right exactly because you're not going to remember you know edward stevens the second of gryffindor from you know the by way of blah 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 but you're gonna remember that guy with a scar across his face that smells like fish and chips right yeah and and your and your pcs are gonna go hey you know who we need to talk to uh fish and chips guy yeah yeah they'll never remember his name well you might have the one that writes it down but you got to give you got to give your NPCs that thing, like that memorable thing. It doesn't have to be great; it just has to be something. Yeah, you know? something for them to make a mental, uh, you know, connection to. Uh, so, in the going forward, they have that 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 hook, that that trigger. And if you just have a piece of paper with like fifteen, you know, different things that you've just like, okay, oh, well, this, you know, what if I have a guy that has a scar across his face? What if I have, you know, a girl that puts up on her, you know, she's got, you know, some jitter in her hands, so her makeup, so her lipstick's always going across her face. You know, this guy smells like fish and chips. This guy smells like this. This good person looks like this. This person has this hair, and just a huge list of that. Then you have the ability to just improv a unique character with one memorable yeah. trait. Every single, like, okay, uh, what's well, what's this card look like? Well, he looks like blah, 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 average Joe Schmo, and has one gold eye and one blue eye. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> right. And I'll, I'd like to add on to the, the whole improv thing. A lot of my memorable NPCs are from improv. A lot of times when people say, I'm going to go see this guy. Oh, I want to go to the shop. 
I'll roll, say, on a d20, and if I get, like, maybe a 15 or better, 16 or better, then I'll make the NPC somewhat unique. You know, you know, most of the time, they're like, I'm going to go to the weaponsmith, I'm going to try to buy a weapon. Okay, we do the transaction. But every once in a while, I get that high roll, or the roll that I'm looking for, and I say, all right, this guy's a, this guy's a player in town, so I'm going to give him a, a, a tick or a voice or something that is going to make him memorable. So they say, oh, well, we'll go back to him later. Mm-hmm. You know, and he might never turn out to be something that they ever have to go back to him for, but they remember him. You're right. You know, right. or he could be a plot hook. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And this is also where I think I mentioned before my improv sheet that I always keep as a game master. So if I have to make a name up or make a character up on the fly, I jot it down. So later on, if the players need to come back, like, oh, what was that guy's name? I can pull it up and go, oh, this is yeah. the name I made up off the top of my head four sessions ago. Yeah. Because I, I wrote it down and kept track of that. And that's mm-hmm. another good point is name them. Yes. The, the, the name is a powerful thing. So if you go, if uh, PCs meet a new NPC and you say this is their name or you announce them, this is their title, this is, you know, Chief Hruggock of the, you know, uh, Bear Clan or something, they're going to say, okay, Chief Hruggock, he's going to be important. We're going to talk to him. You know, naming them is a big deal. And on the flip side, if you make a unique or memorable NPC and you give them a name, like Jerry just mentioned, you should write it down. I can't say how many times early in my GMing career I've given them the name and then not written it down. And then the next session, the, the players are like, who is that one guy we talked to? And I'm scratching my head like, I don't remember what name I gave who them. Who is that one guy? <laughs> it's definitely an important tip. Well, I think we've actually even mentioned it in a previous uh, podcast, which is that important. <laughs> Do <Yes>. it. <laughs> uh, and if you're going to use these unique traits, write the name and the unique trait down along with it. Because otherwise, you might start thinking of them as separate people. Like, I got this name written down. No, 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 the guy with the gold eye. Like, I don't remember who had the freaking gold eye. Right. <laughs> and you can also use these to help build environments, help build atmosphere, um, especially with names. Party rolls into town. Hey, we need to we need to rest somewhere. Oh, well, you're going to want to go down the street, hang a left, take the next right, and there's the prancing pig in. Talk to Sal there. Tell him Dave sent you. He'll cook you up with a good room. Right. You know, and then as long as you know that these are who these people are, okay, now you know that this is kind of a knit community. People are kind of watching each other's backs. you got a little bit of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And in smaller communities, remember that you can recycle last names a little bit more liberally, too, because it's usually only going to be so many families that live in this area. So you don't have to worry about, like, oh, well, you got so-and-so Smith and so-and-so this and so-and-so that. Like, okay, well, this... You know, like this whole district of town or, you know, this small village or whatever, like, you know, there's about 18 Smiths and about 47 Johnsons. but and a few Saxville Baggins. Yeah, so, you know, you can regurgitate that. And that gives you that, that feeling of it being a small town. If they hear 14 different first names, but only two different last names the entire time they're in the village, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> We're in West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> Okay, we're in friendship. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Nothing against West Virginia. It's just, you know, I screw West Virginia. <laughs> Everything against friendship. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Don't alienate our uh, listeners there, fellas. <laughs> I didn't say what state. <laughs> oh, I did. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to try to weasel my way out of it, but I figure I'll just move on instead. Um but coming to, to family relationships, I think another way to add some memorability to NPCs is to have that relationship between them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I often will have in my games, they'll be the innkeeper and his family will be the staff of the inn. Right. So, you know, you, you get to be friends with the innkeeper and somebody is bullying one of the wait staff. Well, that turns out that's his son or his cousin or his brother-in-law or something like that. Right. Um, which helps, you know, build community, helps connect on. And also for plot hooks, you go to the barkeeper and he says, hey, I need your help. My brother's in trouble. That's something very natural. I w- you'd want to help out your brother, and your PCs will have already met this person's brother, so they know, okay, yeah, we need to help that guy. Mm-hmm. Right. The guy who hooked us up with a really good bottle of wine. I think another good trip for making memorable NPCs or even, you know, factions of NPCs is uh, accents or dialects that you can try yeah. to, to add to your character. Like, in this one particular town, maybe everyone in this one town has a southern accent just because that's the region that they're in. Or maybe a one particular family has a southern accent while another family, prominent family in town has kind of like a little bit of a French accent. But, you know, you can add that. You can use that, you know, within families. You can use that specifically for characters. You can use it within towns or entire regions or yeah. even races. Like, um, in my, you know, in Wrath, I try to stick primarily, it's not a rule, but I try to stick... I have certain dial- um, certain accents that I try to stick to certain races just so you can kind of instantly identify that. You know, like we have the traditional Scottish accent for the dwarves and then, you know, we have kind of like a, the, a little bit of a French accent for like the elves. For drow, I kind of have like a Transylvanian kind of accent. You know what I mean? Just kind of like it distinguishes things a little bit. And again, it's not and a the rule. very unique leprechauns having an Irish accent. Nobody saw that. Yeah, no one saw the Irish. No. No, no, no. The leprechauns with the Irish accent. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, which which can also come up into play later on when they're wandering around, you know, a town of dwarves, and they hear somebody who's talking around like this. You can tell pretty quickly that they ain't from around here. Yeah, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Even if your accents aren't great, use them. Uh, they're going to help you with your NPCs a lot. You know, and if they're bad, okay, that becomes kind of an out of game joke. But everyone still gets the idea that you're trying to cr- make this person unique. Or, or even just this region. Just give them you flavor mean. and character. Exactly. And, and the flavor and character it also really comes into play there because it's not a bad Scottish accent. It's a good dwarven accent. You just The dwarven accent and the Scottish accent sound a little bit similar. Yeah. But who's to say you're not doing a flawless dwarven accent? It's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, who's to say that that's, not, that's exactly the accent that this one NPC has? Like, I have no... I can't even place it. Is that pikey? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's this dude's accent. That's all there is to it. That's all you need to know. We had, we had that come up in Wrath once where... I'm trying to remember who it was. I think... I think it may have been Istvan the Bard, who had an accent, and you could tell when it was him talking. I couldn't tell what the accent was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was consistent. Yeah. And that's the trick I would say, you know, if you're gonna use accents, make sure you try to use them consistently. If you're gonna use it with an NPC, always use it with that NPC. If you're gonna use it for a region, always use it for any character from that region. Unless there's a reason not to use it. I mean, another advantage of having accents for specific regions or specific races, something that's kind of generic like that, is when you run into the dwarf that has the French accent. Like, wait, 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 were you raised by elves? (laughs) That's freaking weird. Like, you have a French accent. You're a dwarf. (laughs) 
you know, people will instantly pick that up if that's a staple of your world, if that's how things always... Dwarves always have a Scottish accent, elves always have a French accent. You meet the dwarf with the French accent, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You talk kind of funny for a dwarf. Yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> and that's another thing you can do. Make your uh, make your NPCs unique. The, the beardless dwarf. Hell, yeah. the bald dwarf. Mm-hmm. You know, most dwarves, dwarven culture, they prize their beards. You know, they're, they, 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 uh, it's a sign of manhood almost in a lot of dwarven cultures. I mean, you can have your own culture in your game. That's fine. But when you come across, if you're running typical dwarves, you come across one that has no facial hair at all. That's different, and you point that out to the group. Someone's going to be like, "Wait a second. Or the really tall elf. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that elf seven feet tall? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's something too for for making unique, memorable individual NPCs to use the accent for the group, but then add in vocal tics for the individual. Mm-hmm. You could have somebody who you know finishes up all their sentences with, you know what I'm saying. Or yeah. you know, you have somebody who says maybe they stutter, yeah, stutter, or you know, you know, you know, um, or a distinct laugh or something like that. You're making fun of me because I say you know all the time. You do, you know. I do know. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, those ticks are unique. I mean, that's uh, you have to add those into the to the NPC if you're trying to make them memorable. Another thing, though, is some NPCs become memorable. Without you even trying. Yeah. It can happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, sometimes actions speak louder than words in that scenario. Like, if you're not going out of your way to be descriptive about a character or, you know, give them some kind of audible mannerism, sometimes what they do can be something that stands out like Captain Jack... In that the one game that ran uh, the game that I ran, he talked a little bit, but the big thing was the fact that he liked to get into fights. That was his thing. Like he was almost like a dance. Like he's twirling around the bar, just like just challenging everyone in the bar, just literally twirling in circles and just punching people <laughs> out. And that was what was more memorable about that character, other than the way he talked or the way he looked. Yeah, I had a I had a game I ran once that uh, the all the players were in a military force, so I gave them a squad of like ten NPC like warriors. And there were these. There was like this one warrior who kept on like he he was the guy who had taken out the bad guys, and he kept surviving every fight. And like I mean, I just gave him a generic name. I don't even remember it now. But he became a, a memorable NPC because he kept surviving mm-hmm. all of the encounters. And of course, the one time I give him a name, he, he finally dies. But well, you know, it's <laughs> it created itself. As a GM, the only people that die are the ones that you want them to. <laughs> Which is a corollary to one of my favorites, that if the DM wants you dead, you are dead. It might not have happened yet, but you're as yeah, dead. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> you are already dead. Um, yeah, you can definitely let memorable NPCs fall into place. Um, I had a game where the PCs kept going back to the same merchant. The first time I, that they went to the merchant, I gave, you know, this is kind of his per, quick personality, you know, cheery, happy to meet people, blah, blah, blah. And then they came back and asked for something else. And, oh, yeah, I'll see what I'll do. And they come back and, oh, hey, my friends, good to see you again. And they had this, another really weird request. And it's, oh, I'll see what I can do. And it just built because they kept going, oh, well, we need somebody. Well, we can go back and talk to this guy again. Yeah. And the PCs built the memorable NPC for me. I just kept him consistent gave him a character, gave him a personality, and they kept going back. Yeah. They did the work for me. I loved it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, position and can also make a character important. Like, not necessarily, you know, anything else about him, but just the, you know, like, I hold X position, like, you know, in the military, you know, that's an example. But, like, there's one where I had a character that wanted to, like, hey, is there any, like, basically, like, a fight club? Like, is there any, like, local, like, boxing area? Right. So it ended up being that there was like this kind of like underground fight club thing that this, you know, one dude's promoting, like this wait, wait, one guy's wait. running. I thought you weren't supposed to talk about that. Wasn't that one of the rules? Yeah, I think it's like the first two rules. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's this fight club kind of thing going on, but so there's this guy that's running it. And because he's running this random underground, not spoken about, you know, fight club, he instantly became important. I mean, I had I fleshed him out a little bit more, and I gave him some more some more uh, detail and some more depth to make him feel more important. But just the position that he held made him important and made him memorable, especially to this one character that wanted to basically have like this little underground boxing thing that he wanted to do because he yeah. was a monk and he wanted to you know beat people up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and another thing could be you know their physical description as well. Uh, you know, I mean, how many times does your group face off against some, you know, uh, evil soldiers? Well, you could you could make them different. You could say, you know, one of them has a different kind of armor, a different kind of weapon. Or you could make your soldiers unique. Maybe uh, one of your countries has, you know, very Greek or Roman-style soldiers where they all have shields and spears, you know, and, and basically breastplate armor. Mm-hmm. You know, and then your other, other kind has more uh, kind of medieval European where they're all wearing chain mail and... You know, there's archers in the distance and that sort of thing. So I mean, that's something I I like to use as well. Um, we currently used D20 Pro uh, with pictures with tokens to represent everybody. Uh, yep. You can also do it with miniatures, um, where you'll have some presentations where the soldiers come in and you're using the same picture for everybody or the same miniature to represent each of the soldiers. It's the same one to give this blend of uniform. You know, these are the faceless hordes coming forward. And there are other times where you specifically go in and try to find individual different pictures for the different people to show that, hey, there's a large group of these people, but they are all individuals. Right. Um, I did that recently with my game where they got a small force of troops working with them when they first moved in. Because, again, we're using D20 Pro, so we used pictures. Everybody had the same picture. And then as they started to get to know these people, they met them, they learned their names, they got personalities, they started getting unique pictures. So rather than seeing, oh, that's you know bandit number one, it's, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, I know him. Hey, dude, how's it going? Right. Yeah. Yeah, physical description of your NPCs is always going to be a very big thing that's going to help make them stand out, especially if you're doing, like, the one unique trait you know, the, the scar across his face, the golden eye, you know, but like thing, mannerisms too, like maybe this guy walks with a limp, maybe this guy's missing an arm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But there are some things that are going to stand out more than others and you can take advantage of like, well, this guy has a better perception check than that guy, so this guy might notice the, the slight, you know, wobble in this guy's limp that he has where someone else might not notice it. I mean, that's DM discretion, but definitely, you know, physical traits can be a huge way to to separate and identify NPCs, you know, this guy has long black hair with, you know, like red eyes and this guy is short, you know, even for a dwarf, he's short. He's like a small sized creature. He's so short, you know, he bald, no beard. Yeah. Like, okay, that guy's way standing out. Like, you sure he's not a gnome? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, in another way, and we'll probably touch on this when we talk about uh, antagonists is the entrance. 
how how do the players meet them? Yeah, how you present them. Yeah, yeah, if you have a character that you would like to be a memorable NPC or someone who may be important throughout the game, maybe present them in a unique way. Uh, before it ended, I was running a superhero game, and I had a guy who I was, was going to try to make him unique, and all he was is he was just a kind of a strong super speed type. And the way I presented him was there was a guy who was like an Iron Man type, and he just collided into him in the middle of uh, one of the guy's patrols, and they fought for a bit. And then once the fight was basically over, he just looked at him, smiled, and said, that was fun, and flew away. And uh, I, you know, I was planning on them coming, you know, talking to him later. Never, no. never, the game never went that far, but just kind of a unique introduction. He wasn't a bad guy. He was just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that uh, I like to use as a trick for unique characters is impressions. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a bad Christopher Walken impression when you're describing how the Archmage is talking. It's going to give your players this this image in, the, in their heads, and that's going to stick with them. And they may go, oh, we need to go talk to uh, the Christopher Walken guy. What, what was his name? Right. Uh, so that they can remember it. You know, And you can do some of those celebrity impersonations or like the voices to, to be memorable for your players. Indeed. Yeah, I think uh, you know introductions, like you said, is a, a big thing. Um, not just for you know big baddies, but also for regular NPCs. You know, just how you portray somebody. You know, you just set yeah. the scene for something. You know, like again, like coming back to how we first started with the guard. Like, okay, is the guard slouching and leaning on his you know his pole arm that he's you know he's mandated to carry or is he at attention all day in the middle you know it's it's noon the sun's beating down it's like 150 degrees out but he's still standing at attention proud as can be you know or seemingly as proud as can be or you know or is he taking a nap you know what i mean like just how you first introduce how you first describe that character not just physically what he's wearing what he looks like but how he's you know right. how he's standing you know how he's acting what he's doing that can really like set the tone for a character itself you know his whole personality has the guard tackled somebody who's smaller than him and is crying on the ground with the guard punches him yeah is he you know okay so he's a bully yeah (laughs) yeah those yeah and there's plenty of different tricks um I had one but I lost it oh um not losing NPCs is a good trick. <laughs> yeah. This is why we're supposed to be writing stuff down. Uh, one, uh, I guess, compounding on the kind of the body language that the player has or the NPC has, uh, you could, in say like a sea of ordinary NPCs, you could bring out kind of a unique one. Uh, I had a game; they uncovered a slave tr- slave trade, and the next day after they took him over to the the, the, the local church to make him better. There was one who was kind of up and about better than the rest of them. He was a little bit stronger, you know, and I just kind of had him buzzing around trying to help everybody out. So immediately the, and I, I was just saying, yes, there's one that's more, that's stronger and he's able to help out. And it turned into an NPC that they started talking with. And I said, you know what, this is a good opportunity. I'll throw, you know, something in here that helps the group out. And it did. And then he later became an NPC uh, another thing you can do is add emotions to the players. This guy was a former slave. He had just been basically nailed into a box for oh, at least a week, and now he was finally free. And even though he was helping the player characters out, one of the players who I knew would latch onto it, I told him, you know, I had him roll a perception check, and when he, when he made it, I said, you can tell that this guy is putting on an air that he's fine, 
but deep down there's something else going on. And just that one sentence made him care about that NPC so much more. Mm -hmm. He's gone back and checked on him multiple times while they were in the city because, you know, he, he felt something for him. Yeah, NPCs are people too, you know. They have to have personalities and feelings. And, and actually, that reminded me of the other important thing for memorable NPCs. Don't leave them static. Yep. You bring them in. You introduce them. You give a sense of what's going on. Here's who this person is. Here's the life they're living. Now, uh, and then a few sessions down the road, things change. Right. You know, that can be, I'm coming to you for help because I'm in a bad situation. Or it could be, you know, something really good happened. You know, we're adding an expansion onto the inn. You know, I've been, business has been going great. Hey, how are you guys doing? Right. Um, you make those little changes and it helps build your world as something that changes and evolves and grows and is an organic thing that the PCs are a part of. Yeah, another thing you can do to help flesh out an NPC and to give them more of a realistic feel at the table is to not just role play their their voice, not just talk in character, but also to portray their body language. If they're a high status individual, straight, you know, have good posture, chest puffed out a little bit, you know, hands on the you know, chin up. And you, just you people, people listening at home can't see because we're on video. But all three of us struck the exact same pose at the exact same. Well, level. two of them grabbed their lapel because they thought they were Bane for a second. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a running joke from one of the other games. Yeah, indeed. But but you know, just convey that high status. You know, like talk very. You know, maybe add a little bit of bass to your voice, but just talk very like proudly and sternly, and like what I say goes, and I am the king of the realm, and you must obey me. As opposed to like the peasant, where you might slouch a little bit, yeah. kind of have your chin down, you know, your 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 shoulders shrugged up a little bit, and that whole like exactly. you know, and looking up as you talk, like please, master, please don't hurt me. Like I'm sorry, I stole the bread. You know, I'll pay you as soon as I get a job I've never had. You know, just you know, I'll using body language to convey. You know, to convey that is going to mean a lot. Even if you only use enough body language to convey what they call high status to low status, right. you know, if you can at least convey enough body language to um, to separate high status and low status, it's going to instantly help separate you know your characters and your NPCs at least into two large blocks, which are very important blocks. If you have enough yeah. range to you know use body language to convey more depth than more power to you, and that's something you could actually you know if you if you're willing in your free time study and look into. But just you know, just separating high and low status, you know, you know, with yeah. the, the 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 posture is the biggest thing. So I mean, because you're sitting at a table, you can you're not gonna probably you might not get up right. and fake a limp on the character. But if you're the type of DM that gets up and you're a lot more animated and walk around your table because you have the room to do it and you like to walk around a little bit, the more power to you. But at least using posture and you know your chin, you know, your you know, if your chin is high, if your chin is down, if your posture is slouching, if your posture is straight, and conveying the high and low status, you know, so you can easily separate between, you know, someone who's important and someone who doesn't think that they're important. You know, king and peasants obviously two huge extremes, but there's a lot of gray area in between where you yeah. can use that. A strong, confident character will lock eyes with the player, right. where someone who's not in as secure a position may, you know, kind of defer and and look away from, not look at them directly. Yeah. And you can also help capture your group's attention by role playing these kind of things, especially like okay, playing you're you're playing the 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 proud, strong king, and someone does something, and you're role playing, and you're just like, oh, 
Yeah. You quickly, you put your hand out in the stop motion, you know, yeah. like you just, you can almost, get, you know, like startle your player and they're gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa okay, I'm, yeah. I'm totally paying attention. This dude's totally used to being in control. What Definitely. just happened? Um, okay, yes, totally. You have you have my attention. I am going to remember this dude that just yelled at me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and pantomiming can be huge. Uh, maybe you have a, a half-orc that every time he shows up, you know, he's this big, beefy half-orc, nothing, nothing too special, but every time he shows up, he's mowing down on the leg of lamb. So mm-hmm. you know, every time he kind of shows up, home, and, you know, you just pretend he's got this big old leg of lamb that he's just chomping down on every time he shows up yeah there's there's tons of different gestures and and body languages that you can use you can use like the the gorilla ape thing of like putting waving your hands up over your head like you know that kind of stuff like that sounds silly because i'm doing the the ape voice you know like sound along with it but there's there's lots of characters where like you could be the barbarian and just like every time that he's questions he just like throw flails his hands up over his head just like, like you're challenging me and I don't like it. <laughs> Why are you asking me things? Fight me. <laughs> and actually, um, going back to Ed's point, you know, with the, just the concept of the beefy fighter with the leg of lamb, oh, yeah. um, you can use that later on, you know, maybe have that character show up, and you don't need to tell your PCs. You just need to do, you know, kind of do the, taking the bite, and like, hey, guys, what's wrong? Yeah, exactly. And they instantly know who just walked up, what he's there, you know, who this guy is, mm-hmm. and they'll kick off right into that. Yeah. yeah. And you can even play off that sometimes. Uh, this And this is, those are examples, the, the half-orc with the leg lamb, I actually did that. And then also one time I actually had him beat someone with a barrel, basically a, a, a an, an improvised an eaten, club, as, a, as an improvised <laughs> club. You know, it wasn't supposed to be a fight, but it turned into one, and it was a mostly eaten like a lamb. So you just beat someone up with it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Those Hulk are things smash. that can make uh, NPCs memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, and I'm sure for that in your PC's mind, the leg of lamb was as much a part of the character as the fact that he was half orc or that he carried a great yeah. sword or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more so. Yeah, because it always was coming up, always reminding and helping them to remember this memorable NPC that you had created. That's right. I liked that ending, so we're going to wrap it up there. Good one. Um, we will see you the next time that we are back in the studio. New episodes are posted every Tuesday. We promise. You can follow us on Facebook. We do have message boards available at GameMasterStudio.ProBoard.com. And we are on Twitter at GMS Studios. We will see you next time we are in. And until then, have a good one. Peace. Bye, Mike.